You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, your trusted source for all things San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me as always, my co-host and editor-in-chief of San Jose Hockey Now, Shang Peng. Shang, how's the night going over there in D.C.? Uh, pretty good. I'm actually sitting in James Reimer's sweaty seat right now. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. For those of you who aren't following you on Twitter for no apparent reason, what do you mean? Well, uh, Reimer today, after the big win against the Capitals, um, he came into the the, uh, the 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 visiting media room and very politely uh, said, uh, um, hey, uh, uh, I want to make sure that this, the seat has changed because I don't want the guys following me uh, to get their suits messed up. <laughs> so <needless laughs> that was a to say pretty, pretty game... cute, cute moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Reimer had a, a, a pretty big case of swamp ass after a great performance. Yeah, yeah, DC yeah. There. He had he hadn't he hadn't changed yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And, and uh, if we want to quickly, briefly touch on that game, we we don't really do game recaps here. But um, being that this is a bit of a a different and special, exclusive type of episode. Yeah, I don't, live from I don't DC. Think it's, yeah, exactly. You're in DC. You're three hours ahead of me. You're still at the rink. You got a beautiful background there with some. A nice little vending machine and a microwave I'm seeing there. But yeah. <laughs> uh, a pretty good win for a Sharks team coming off of some pretty bad news. And that's essentially what we're going to get into today. So um, on this week's episode, Shang and I are going to kind of break down that bad news being the Eric Carlson injury and what it essentially means for the Sharks' short-term future. Uh, we'll actually touch on this Washington game sort of as a maybe a, a preview of what the Sharks do need to do moving forward. And uh, here's a hint, depth scoring, that, that's your hint. Uh, afterwards, what makes this episode so special, if you can't tell by the title, we've got an amazing interview with Aiden Hill lined up for you all. So make sure you stay tuned, stick around for that. It's going to be later on in the episode. But getting back to what we first started off with, pretty good game for the Sharks out in D.C., wouldn't you say? Yeah, I have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, like I tweeted out, uh, every time we have left the Sharks for dead this season, they've fought back. Uh, I think that is very telling about this team. You know, who knows where it leads them, if it actually gets them to the playoffs or anywhere in the playoffs. But uh, once again, I've said this many times, this uh, team is way more enjoyable to cover uh, than last year and the year before uh, teams. Uh, you sort of knew in those couple of years that, you know, those teams just, just didn't didn't have it inside them. And this team does have it inside them. And so it's unfortunate that Eric got hurt uh, at the time that he did uh, because he was, uh, A, having a great season, but B, too, uh, the Sharks were having maybe not a great season, but they were having a good season and, of course, way better than expected. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And um, just kind of getting back to my thoughts on this game, just as a quick summary, I, I think I just tweeted out the word grit. Because that's what it seems like this this team finally has. It has some metal. It has some grit to it. Uh, it's stubborn. It doesn't move. It's like that grandpa that's falling asleep while watching TV. But then when you try to change the TV, he says he's watching it. Like he's just a stubborn old man. And that's how this that's team That's a feels. very rude way to describe Brent Burns. <laughs> I named nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oops. Jumbo is uh, in Florida now, Shang. <laughs> but getting back to that Carlson injury, unfortunate timing. But um, when we all saw that he was day-to-day, when you see UBI, right, you saw the upper body injury, it was sort of a breath of fresh air that it wasn't the groin again. You know, it's something upper. It seems like it may have been tweaked, but it, it's it's not the groin. It's something different. And you have a quick summary of this injury for us. Yeah, sure. Uh, 
basically uh, uh, he had surgery on his left uh, forearm. It's a different injury than the oblique strain that he suffered a couple week, couple weeks ago. So he's had a couple upper body injuries, and supposedly Bob Bogner says that they weren't related. That one did not lead to the the other, and uh, Carlson is going to be out. Uh, at least until mid-March, where he'll be reevaluated. We did double-check with Bob today in terms of what reevaluated meant, and Bob did seem hopeful that reevaluated mid-March doesn't mean that oh we're going to check on him in, a, in mid-March and, he, and he's going to be gone for another month. Uh, he seemed hopeful that when they do get to uh, reevaluate Carlson in mid-March, that he will be back sh- uh, shortly thereafter. You know, a couple weeks after that, maybe. So uh, we'll see. Okay, so it's not the worst case scenario, but it's it's what seems to be and it's kind of funny. It goes from day to day to six to eight weeks. Like hockey injury, like breakdowns, uh, always been funny to me. It's day to day, day to day. Yeah, torn I actually, that's something that I, I'd love to interview a, a Bob about, just like in a one, just for fun, because I, I guess when an injury happens, I mean, I guess it is sort of day to day, because you're not exactly sure how long it'll be. I mean, at the moment of the injury and the day after, before he gets evaluated, it's, it sort of is, I guess, day to day. Yeah. <laughs> Unless a guy like you know loses his leg on the ice or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, blows out a ACL or something. Right, it's... right, or something more realistic like that, right? Yeah. Um, but so in, in Carlson's case, I mean, maybe it was indeed uh, dated like day to day, just in the, insofar as they didn't really know, you know, day to day, not meaning that he was going to come back soon, you know, but just that day to day, as in we'll see, because I guess you don't want to say when a guy gets hurt, uh, we don't know. <laughs> that's that's probably causes more panic than than need be. And a lot of cases, day to day does mean day to day. Most cases, right? But obviously gotcha. not all of them. Like in this case, I have no idea. It's just something fun to one day uh, talk. You know, coach terminology, coach speak with 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 a coach like Bob. Or you know, this is uh, Bob is not the first coach to uh, you know speak in this manner. So, well, maybe we'll bring Bob on the episode or on this show towards the end of the season. That would be great. And actually, that would be the question to ask him, you know, because yeah. I'm sure he won't want to answer hard grind hockey questions. He has enough of that from us on a daily basis. But yeah. some of this uh, kind of coach speak stuff, I actually think uh, he would be uh, like he is often, you know, when he talks about his players and their weaknesses and, you know, whatever they're doing. Uh, I would think he'd be pretty candid and sort of just like, you know, his approach in that. Cool, cool. We'll try to get him on, Shane. You you know what to do. You you you're the puppet master behind the strings of our <laughs> guests, and uh, we'll find a way to bring him on. Maybe we can coax him with something. Like uh, I know what we can use to coax Aiden Hill with, but for those of you listening, you'll have to find <laughs> like uh, DraftKings promo code. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. DraftKings promo code THPN. That's the that's the, the <laughs> that's the bargain right there. <laughs> Back to the, the team, though, right? So we're looking at six to eight weeks, mid-March. It is what it is, right? So now well, the team has Well, let's to... say eight weeks. Let's not, let's not go with the six. Eight sounded like the early of uh, uh, gotcha. the more optimistic projections. So. Mid to late March we're looking yeah. at, right? Not optimal beings what time of the year we're around. We're sure. getting near the push. We're getting near trade deadline, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Not optimal kind of timing in this sense. If this was earlier in the year something easy an easier pill to swallow per se but the sharks have some established defensive pairings you know jacob middleton is actually supposed to be coming back he's he's been skating uh if i recall reading your tweets about him yeah i skated skating. for the the first time today in uh regular practice slash morning skate he had been skating i think on his own uh the mm-hmm. last couple of days in full gear and so it would seem that as long as uh he checks out in terms of concussion protocol that uh, he should be back soon good good so eric carlson's a pretty big piece and i'm not talking Mm -hmm. just for the salary cap i'm talking about you talked about how great of a renaissance career he's had or a season he's had so far this season and he's kind of resurrected old school carlson he's driving offense especially with timo meyer how are the sharks going to adjust moving forward because we saw a little bit of it in tonight's game with uh, against the capitals they just dressed uh, malosh and megna while scratching ryan merkley you would figure or the typical fan would figure one of your offensive defensemen is out. You would want to attempt to replace him with another offensive defenseman, but that wasn't really the case today. 
Right. And, uh, you know, part of the reason for that is that uh, Ryan Merkley uh, did not have a good game against Tampa. And I know a lot of people mentioned, well, nobody had a good game against Tampa. So, you know, why not scratch? You may well just scratch everybody for that. And that's a fair point. But uh, overall, though, like we've said about Merkley uh, many times uh, uh, on this podcast, you know, his defense is still rough. I mean, it's better uh, than 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 I expected this year. Uh, so I, w- I had to eat a little bit uh, of crow on that, that he's been uh, more competent defensively than I I expected him to be, uh, but it still isn't good. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's let's be honest, still. You know, uh, it's not even average yet. Still, if it was average with his offensive ability, he'd be playing an easy eighteen minutes a night, especially with Carlson out. You know, he is a wonderful puck mover. We see that uh, a lot. He makes a lot of difficult kind of breakout passes. Hasn't led to a lot of points yet, but it has led to a lot of zone exits. You know, he does things that are reminiscent of actually Eric Carlson doesn't quite have the mobility of a Carlson, but he does have uh, a lot of the patience with the puck. Um, the tape to tape passing is always there with, with Ryan. Uh, so he has a lot of assets that have translated uh, very immediately to the NHL. Uh, he is uh, offensively capable NHL defenseman already. You can see that. And I think he's only played 13 games, but you can see that clearly, but the defense is, is still rough. Um, it's not just, you know, the, the one kind of uh, goal they gave up against Tampa when he pinched in the wrong place. Um, but it's other things too, down in the trenches, that sort of thing, right. Where he gets uh, bodied off and things like that and also to just sort of attention to detail kind of his engagement um that that goal that was scored uh, early in the tampa game the one that bounced off a bunch of people that nobody could find but merkley was the guy that was kind of the last to it that needed to kind of identify where, where, where what was going on not to put it all on him but you know that's kind of an example of he could show that he has that extra kind of engagement or alertness if he had tied up the stick at the right time i think that was Corey perry right there um I think it's very telling, right? Obviously, with the the Sharks uh, push down in the in the death department with Carlson out, with Middleton out, that mm-hmm. Merkley still isn't a, sh- a shoe in uh, for uh, for uh, for a playing spot. And I know Merkley is going to get his chances. Um, he's a very talented player, and the Sharks obviously still need help on the power play and. Also, too, uh, as I say, too, the best defense is a good offense. And Merkley does provide that in terms of, like I said, zone exits, breakout passes, that sort of thing. Um, but in terms of just a big picture of how the Sharks uh, survive without Carlson, uh, one option, and they did that tonight to the best of their ability, is actually, um, and actually, you know, you mentioned, like, what, what do the Sharks need to do without Carlson? You mentioned secondary scoring. Secondary scoring is always to some degree, right? Random, right? There's a randomness yeah. to it, like whether or not you can bury your chances and that sort of thing, right? But mm-hmm. one thing that you can always do that isn't random is defense, defense, defense. You know, defend yeah. hard, do your best defending. And the Sharks actually did not do a great job defending Washington tonight, but they did it enough at the right times, you know, in the third period uh, between the uh, Sprong's goal and the, the power play where Ovechkin was just launching them on on Reimer during that during that Washington power play near the end of the game. But uh, the Sharks actually really tightened down uh, defensively and didn't really allow too too much. And that's an example of uh, the way that the Sharks have to play. It needs to be coupled, obviously, with some excellent goaltending, uh, and which Reimer provided, James Reimer provided tonight because the Sharks weren't, you know, locked down defensively uh, tonight, but, um, but between, you know, guys like Malosh, uh, who, you know, hasn't played since uh, January 8th and, uh, you know, Vlasic uh, uh, stepping in, you know, uh, we look at uh, who's going to soak up Carlson's minutes, you know, on the PK Carlson, uh, has been a regular there this year. It was Vlasic tonight uh, who, who stepped in there. Magna and Vlasic uh, were the second choice penalty killers after Burns and Ferraro. Obviously, Burns and Ferraro will be number one, even with Carlson there. Uh, but normally this year, it would have been Middleton and Carlson. And tonight, uh, Magna and Vlasic. And Vlasic, obviously, you know, old war horse, doesn't move like he used to, but does have that that knowledge, that hockey knowledge, right? And, you know, was, you know, all-time Sharks team, all-time Sharks defense, all-time Sharks penalty killing unit, Vlasic in his prime would be there. So he has a lot of that hockey brain still. Um, So just overall, it's just going to be by 
committee. You know, I know that's a corny thing to say, but what else can yeah. they do? You know, Brent Burns will play a little bit more. Uh, Brent Burns has actually kind of flourished uh, without Carlson. Don't know if that's a coincidence, but Burns has 13 <laughs> points in 10 games without Carlson. Uh, plays a couple more minutes without Carlson. Uh, he's up to, uh, I'm not counting tonight, but before tonight, uh, Burns averaged uh, 27.39 a game without Carlson, uh, which is uh, two minutes, about two minutes more than he normally would play uh, with Carlson. Uh, 27.39 would make him the most used defenseman in the league. Uh, Thomas Shabbat is right now at 20, about 27 minutes uh, a square, uh, or 27.00. Uh, that's what uh, Shabbat plays for Ottawa per game. Um, and I think there's an open question of whether or not that wear and tear, if Burns can keep it up, you know, obviously being uh, 36. But uh, credit to him, he's done it so far, and maybe he can kind of sustain it for uh, a little while longer here. But obviously, he's one guy that's going to uh, play a lot more. But it's like I said, it's going to be by committee. Uh, but I think, though, the core thing, though, and I know that the Ryan Merkley truthers won't like it, but when your team is offensively challenged, like the Sharks were really to begin the season, even with Carlson, even with Timo Meyer's uh, emergence, the team is offensively challenged. And so mm-hmm. how do you stay competitive? Defense, defense, defense. And... So it's not going to surprise me if Bob goes with a more defensive uh, approach like he did tonight. And it won't surprise me if he keeps it up until Ryan Merkley can at least prove that, you know, Merkley's never going to defend as well as uh, Nicholas Malash, for example. But if Merkley can move his defensive game to average-ish at least, then that mitigates, you know, then his other uh, strength, his off- offensive strength start to, you know, combine to be a, a higher impact player than, uh, than a Nicholas Malash, just for example. Okay, so that's defensively they need to essentially stick to the Bob Bugner system of defense first. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Running, running gun with Eric Carlson out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then from there, like you said, they're going to start divvying up and just taking a look at time on ice against Washington. It seems significantly more spread out where you know we're used to seeing almost single-digit time on ice numbers for that third pairing. Whereas everyone's in the double digits with Shimek with the least tonight at thirteen minutes twenty. Well, seconds. not not I would not say single digits. I, I I but it'll be a little higher. I mean, Vlasic and and, and Shimek, you know, might be in the in the twelve thirteen range. You know, Vlasic mm-hmm. is up to six uh, six fifteen fifty seven tonight. Um, you know, I think they'll get a couple more minutes and uh yeah, and then like I said, Burns is going to carry a heavy load and Ferraro too, obviously being his his partner and Ferraro at twenty seven minutes, uh, which was which is uh, you know a few more minutes and his high burns 27 22 which is about right uh for what he does without carlson so mm-hmm. um so those those are probably the guys that probably take on more of the the, the load too but everybody gotcha. you know everybody's going to take on a little bit more so yeah so the outlook for ryan merkley essentially has been the same outlook regardless as he creates his destiny on this team regardless of uh people thinking that maybe bob has an agenda against him or Bob wants to win. That's the thing that, yeah. that I I I did not understand some of the, the discourse that I saw earlier today, and um, I you know didn't have a time to respond to it. Uh, but Bob is making whether you agree with it or not. Um, it's not that Bob doesn't want offense in his lineup. It's not that Bob doesn't see. Everyone sees that Ryan Merkley is the Sharks' third most. Um, you know, he's their most offensively gifted blue liner behind, obviously, Carlson and Burns. So naturally, if Carlson goes out, it makes sense to think Merkley. I mean, that's not uh, that that's that obviously makes sense. But um, obviously, too, there are holes in Ryan's game, uh, you know, consistency, lack of consistency um, that make Bob Bugner pause, as there should be. You know, if you watch Ryan Merkley closely, I know it's easy to get razzle-dazzled by some of the beautiful plays that he makes. He has had some very good games, too. Um, but it's not just a Tampa game where he's been defensively suspect. And even when things were going, like, you know, when the Sharks had Burns, uh, uh, Carlson, and Merkley playing together relatively healthy, right? Merkley was still, you know, not playing very much. It's not like he had ascended him uh, to being, like, an 18-, 20-minute defenseman because he's not defensively uh, a sound enough. And so whether or not you you, 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 you like the, the – the decision that the pure factor is it's about winning right now and why shouldn't it be about winning because the sharks are on the fringe of the playoff race and so mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to 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 take the attitude well we got to play our prospects we got to see what ryan merkley's got no 
you're trying to win. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to, right? Bob's getting paid to win games, and if he wants to continue getting paid by the Sharks, he's going to attempt to win as many games as possible. So right. he's he's being put in the position to to push for the playoffs. And and they're right there, you know. Again, yeah. I always say this, this say this last year, say this the year before. You know, if the Sharks are basically in it or mathematically in it, then you would expect the team to do their best to try to win games. Like whatever Bob Bugner judges is the best for this team to win games. Once they're out of the playoffs, or you know, mathematically, or or so far out of it that you know even if they're technically mathematically in it, then, okay, then you start to throw guys in there and just see what they've got, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Sharks are not even close to that point. They're not even close to that point. I don't, I don't know what the standings are, and I know that uh, other teams have games on hand uh, on the Sharks, so they may not have that wild card spot right now with the win tonight. But um, but still, nonetheless, though, they are right there in it, uh, and there's no reason for them to deviate from sort of trying to win until there's no point for them to try to win. But right now, there is a point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just his job, right? That's just what he's it's what he is trying to that winning culture that we've talked about. You continue to do that by getting the guys in there that fit the system the best. And right now, he believes uh, Nicholas Malosh and Magna over Ryan Merkley, at least for this game. Yeah, that's for this game. Uh, and it, it's not just the culture, too, because it's not yeah. like they're 10 points out and, okay, let's try to, you know, still keep that culture going, even though we're 10 points out or something like that, you know? Yeah. They are either they're tied for the last wild card spot, even games in hand, you know, um, they're 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 in the thick of it. So I so yeah. So um, that that attitude is is a little baffling to me. I know uh, everyone loves Ryan Merkley's, you know, um, kind of well, not everybody, but um, certainly not Bob Bugner, I guess. But um, <laughs> but I, I I know that just his promise, how tantalizing, uh, you know, uh, his offensive abilities are that we've seen in preseason in the regular season, uh, uh, so far too. Um, that's, that's great and all, but you know, doesn't necessarily equate to winning hockey. Yeah. The actions speak louder than potential. So, um, you got to play for the now if you're the sharks and, and the now is tonight's game against Washington and they found success in, in what they did behind, uh, amazing performances from, uh, or or an amazing performance from James Reimer, and uh, you know, complimentary of a couple of Schneidbusters and a first NHL goal. You know, if you look at the score sheet and you don't see Meyer's name in the goal column, you don't think that this team's going to win a lot of games. But they found it on the back of uh, probably the most snake bitten shark in Noah Gregor, uh, Nicholas Malage, Jonathan Dolan, and it's another Schneid getting busted, and. Andrew Cogliano after a great play from Logan Couture uh, as an empty netter. So um, Bob's going to do what he wants to do as far as uh, trying to get a win night in and night out. So that's something that uh, Sharks fans should come to expect. So And yeah, I want to add too that, you know, not to uh, bury Ryan Merkley, he's going to get chances. Look, this is not a deep Sharks defense. It's Burns Ferraro and whoever else is, you know, walking. <laughs> basically, yeah. you know, is going to have a shot, you know, like Vlasic has been scratched this year. Shimmick has been scratched this year. Um, so there are no guarantees in the Sharks defense except for Burns and Ferraro, as long as they're healthy. Um, so Merkley's going to get his shot. He has unique, uh, at least for the Sharks defense, uh, unique abilities that, you know, uh, will be useful in some games. Um, but you know, Merk, Ryan Merkley has not been consistent in his time with the Sharks, and so uh, you know he he is he's not a guy that is a shoe should be the shoe in for a lineup, not for not for a theoretically winning team. And you can argue that for a theoretically winning team, uh, Shimmick, Vlasic, Malosh, Middleton, uh, Magna, maybe those guys aren't shoe ins either, and that's a good good argument. Um, but that's also why Merkley is going to get his chances. And when he gets those chances in the future, then he's got to obviously be his normal offensive self, but also too, he's got to be decent defensively. All right. So it's not time to throw in the towel. Sharks fans. I've, I've seen your Reddit posts. I've seen the comments. I've seen all the tweets, guys, girls, everyone in between. It's, Oh, the season started so well. Oh, pack it in, boys. We're done. Um, we're one more injury away from just death and 
it was a good run and blah 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 blah. Well, look, people aren't not, wrong. I mean, look, yeah, you, no. you you lost your best offensive defenseman, arguably your best defenseman this year to two months. The team was already a marginal team. Uh, you know wasn't you know not a deep team at all so it may end up that way so you know i i'm not i'm not predicting that the sharks are going to like sweep this road trip or they're going to be in a playoff spot in a month from now or even right there um but i think i think though that um as this game proved i guess in in some ways too like you got to let it play out and there's a lot of time to the trade deadline uh so your you know chances are chances are uh if if you're panicking and the sky is falling and uh you think that the sharks cannot survive an error Carlson injury long term you're, you're probably right i mean let's yeah. let's be honest i'm not i'm not questioning that but at this precise moment you got to see what what this team has you know with what they have it's not like Eric Carlson gets hurt and then you trade tom osherdo the next day uh or brent burns the next day you know and that's sort of the the reactions that 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 you you kind of you get that sense that, that people are thinking that and you may get to that point especially with hurdle obviously um but um for now uh you know you have still uh close to two months to the trade deadline so there's still a lot of time uh for just to see what this Sharks team has, what stuff they have inside them. If, you know, if, if they can, you know, somehow hang around in, in the race um, uh, this, this year, I mean, there's just, there's just still a, a lot of sort of the doom and gloom is deserved, uh, but uh, it's still, uh, you know, as they always say, got to play the games. Uh, and I, I, of course, you know, thought the sharks would if you asked me to bet i probably i i probably thought eh, you know yeah this road trip is going to be very very tough for this team wouldn't surprise me they come out uh oh uh, and four well they're, they're they're they have one win in now if they get another one in the next three then you have to say it's actually a pretty successful road trip considering the gauntlet that they're facing and uh says again something about this uh this this team and i think that's uh the biggest thing to take away from this and just want to remind people, I know it's uh, a little corny in the sense, but there was a point just a few years ago where the only sport that I could watch on TV was bowling because we were in the middle of a pandemic and we still are in a pandemic and hopefully on our way out of it. But we were smack dab in the middle of an, a pandemic with an unknown virus. And I was sitting there thinking, man, I would give a lot of, to be able to just watch a game that I haven't already watched, right? Not like a rerun or something. Like, just to watch these guys play. I don't care if they get their asses kicked. I think it's just important to kind of put it back into perspective that we should try to enjoy this Sharks team and enjoy watching them and enjoy the the craziness and the ups and the downs and the... Yeah, it's... You asked me if we should do an emergency podcast for this injury, and I said, nah. It's... It's just another injury. It feels like it's a the same old, same old. You know, nothing against Eric Carlson. I'm not going to say that his bones are made of glass or anything like that. But it's like it's another year and another EK65 injury. So I didn't feel like it was worth doing a full emergency episode for. But I think it's it's important to just kind of appreciate what we have right now. And the team is competitive. Just think about where they were last year and how you turn the game on and you're just disappointed. And if they're down two goals, you're like, well, might as well turn it off because I don't think they they don't have the heart to stay in this game. Whereas now, Shang, like you said, just when you think the Sharks are out of it, they're just clawing their way back and they're stubborn and they're annoying and they get under your skin and they fight you after the game's over just because <laughs> so enjoy this team this is a gritty bunch this is a, a a rowdy group of guys that are sticking up for each other that are playing for each other and you have a goaltender making saves for the guys in front of them and you have guys in front of them taking shots to the chest blocking shots i think it was even nicholas malosh was one who saved a goal i believe it was late in the first period when the caps were starting their onslaught he it was wide open four by six and he got in front of it. 
I believe it was Nicholas Blanche. Someone. It was. Cool. It was. It was. And yeah, yeah to to further uh, your point, um, yeah, there's a, a lot of fun elements about this uh, the Sharks team. Let's see how it plays out. Um, yeah. They definitely have a lot more scrappiness uh, than they've shown, and also they have Timo Meyer, who even though he did not score a goal tonight, was still one of the best players on the ice. He was everywhere, uh, crashing the net. Uh, Crazy. Uh, <laughs> crashing uh, uh, Ovechkin into his goalie or something like that. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, making, he did. But making great feeds too. Um, he he was, you know, he he was uh, the Timo Meyer that we have grown to expect uh, uh, every night uh, tonight in full force, even without a, a, a goal. And so he's somebody that is worth watching. And um, yeah, uh, I I I think that uh, this this is. Uh, this is definitely worth letting letting play out. I think this this Sharks team. That's at least in my mind, and I'm saying this right now, uh, before the trade deadline. When we get the trade deadline, then okay, it might be a, a different story. Um, but at the moment, uh, they're fun to watch and just enjoy it. And um, I don't know if I agree with you know in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> You know, watching bad hockey uh, like last year's Sharks team is is was it, you know that was pretty bad hockey. Uh, so, but I, I do like my thoughts, watching. <laughs> yes, I do like watching this this, this Sharks team. Uh, it's uh, at least uh, it's uh, it's competitive hockey at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's high event, right? It's a, it's a high event team, high impact, gets the blood pumping. Definitely does not sedate you. I can tell you that much. So, I think that's uh I think that pretty much wraps up our talk, kind of what's going on with the Sharks right now. Usually we have a sport logic stat of the week, Shang, but we're uh, we're pushing that off we'll for skip something. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to push that off for something that we think fans might enjoy more, and it's something that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we're able oh, to can get I an interview. Interject one more thought here, though. Of course, yes. Yeah, I think uh, uh, with the Sharks, look for them to keep playing this kind of exciting, boring hockey. Uh, it's exciting because it's always going to be close and tense, but it's boring because I think the Sharks are a more successful team if they are boring and they aren't trading chances like they kind of were with the Capitals today. That's dangerous for them. And, you know, James Reimer won't save their bacon every night. Um, but, yeah, uh, the more exciting slash boring hockey they play uh the more successful they'll be and look for them to try their best to do that uh, over the next uh couple months especially without without carlson well said shang well said i'm okay with boring as long as they win so <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's a sentiment most will agree with as well uh, but as i was stating previously we got the fun stuff coming up we got aiden hill in and uh, we actually did this interview with him last Friday. Um, so I don't think there's anything that's really going to be outdated in this interview. But he's uh, – well, I'll just let you guys listen to it, obviously. But before we get into that, we do have to thank this week's sponsor, DraftKings. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. And yes, Niners fans, one of those four teams is San Francisco, baby. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? Well, you can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. You think George Kittle's going to score a 60-yard touchdown? You think he's going to go over or under 75 receiving yards? You think Debo's going to go over or under one and a half touchdowns? You can bet on every single one of those legs on those same game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
And now into our wonderful interview with Aiden Hill. Joining us today on the podcast is a gold medal winner for Team Canada's 2021 World Championship team. The Sharks fans know him better as the man between the pipes helping to propel this team into playoff contention. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring to you Aiden Hill. Aiden, how's your night going so far, man? Uh, good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, Aiden, uh, you've been uh, here in San Jose for a couple of months now. Uh, how are you acclimating here? Uh, it's good. I mean, a uh, pretty easy transition. The weather is beautiful here. Uh, when you wake up and the sun's shining every day, it's not a bad place to be. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm loving it. Are you uh, living with anyone now? Uh, no, no, I'm living on my own. Oh, okay. Is this your, your first time? You got your, your big angel contract, so you don't need roommates anymore? Uh, no, I've lived alone uh, the last couple of years, but uh, I just kind of like having my own space a little bit more. But yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. Well, uh, one of the first things I'm going to ask you about then, since we uh, just talked about it, is uh, we saw some paintings on your wall there. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the paintings that you're doing here? Uh, yeah, no, they're just kind of abstract, uh, kind of dump paint on a canvas and swirl it around and see what happens. So uh, might have been inspired by a glass or two of wine, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of did it on my kitchen counter and uh, see how they turn out and put them on the wall. <laughs> uh, how long have you been uh, doing this? Is is it you know, sort of something you just kind of stumbled into, like you literally spilled a glass of wine or is something that you do have some interest in painting? Uh, I don't really have an interest in painting. I was just like, why not just kind of do a little abstract art and put it on the wall, just see how it turns out. I mean, yeah, I think it turned out okay. It's not yeah. definitely no Picasso or anything, but it's up there. <laughs> good enough to well, hang you know, on the wall. Exactly. Yeah. Good enough to be on the wall, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe when I have a permanent residence, uh, I'll get something a little nicer, but yeah. <laughs> well, heck, you know, this could be your second career. You never know. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And for any of the wine enthusiasts out there, is there a specific type of wine that you're drinking that inspires this? Uh, I usually drink uh, Cabernets, but okay. uh, yeah, no, I haven't uh, had the chance obviously to go to Napa yet, and that's close. So uh, I'm looking forward to when I can make the time to get out there and uh, see a few vineyards. Awesome. And you know, let's uh, track back a, a little bit. Maybe we'll return to the, the paintings, but uh, I want to go back a little bit to your uh, childhood. And from what I understand, you grew up playing forward and uh, you played forward till you were eight years old, I think. And so how did you end up in goal? Uh, yeah, I mean, when we were seven or eight, we kind of had a rule where everyone kind of took a turn goalie on the team. We had like a team set of pads and nobody was really allowed to be a full time goalie yet. So I uh, started playing goalie for a few games here and there, and then we actually got into a tournament once. Uh, it was a weird rule in a tournament, but you're only allowed to score uh, three goals. So I scored three goals in the first period. No one wanted to play goalie. So then I switched <laughs> to goalie for the second period. So uh, it's kind of how I got into it, and I started to like it. And honestly, I teeter-tottered for a bit if I wanted to be a goalie or player because, I, I don't know, if you could do it all, why not? But right. that's not how hockey careers work. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I eventually made the decision to become a goalie, and, uh, yeah, I fell in love with it. Well, so you scored too many goals to stay in goal kind of, right? Uh, yeah, it's a weird tournament rule for sure. <laughs> but that's kind of – in that tournament, I started playing goalie a lot more, and I kind of fell in love with it. <laughs> and uh, when you were 10, uh, you met a uh, goaltending guru, uh, Justin Cardo, who you still uh, work with. And, you know, what's been his impact on you? You know, what's different about what he teaches that you're still working with him, you know, uh, 15 years after the fact almost? Uh, yeah, no, he's just uh, he kind of gets my game. He saw me when I was young and uh, he liked my battle and compete level and the way I uh, brought it every time I stepped on the ice. So he. Yeah, kind of took me under his wing a bit. I've worked with many goalie coaches along the way, obviously. But, uh, yeah, he's been the one steady guy since I was 10 till now. So, yeah, he's been great. He uh, kind of lets me play my game, makes little adjustments here and there. And, uh, yeah, we work well together. And, you know, uh, I learned that when uh, you were 14, uh, you were five foot six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, 10 when I was younger. I was maybe average size. But then yeah. when I kind of hit 10, I kind of stopped growing and everyone else started. So uh, <laughs> I was definitely a bit of a late bloomer. So I think it was in a two-year span, I grew about a foot. 
And I, I, I think that's that's just so so amazing. And maybe, maybe hope for me. You know, I'm five foot eight, uh, Aiden. So I don't know if I've got that uh, left in me. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, I mean, you never know. In late puberty, right? <laughs> exactly. Shang, no offense. I think you're done growing, my man. Ah, uh, you know what? You know what? I, you know what? Aiden Hill's a bad older, so am I. So I'm gonna keep fighting this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the fun things I learned too about you, Aiden, is that you're not actually six foot six. Uh, no, I'm not. I uh, <laughs> I had one measurement when I was in Arizona. I had my second year there, and uh, they marked me down, and they're like, "Yeah, six six. I was like, "What?" I'm, <laughs> like I I know I'm not. So I know because I've been measured a ton, right? Every year you get measured. I'm honestly six four and a half. Yeah. So not quite six five, but not six four right in the middle. So. I don't know. Maybe in that second year, they're trying to maybe up your trade value, or what do you what do you think? So. Yeah, I don't know. It was my second year pro, so I still have another year left on my entry level. So yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, but yeah. <laughs> but you're Arizona. not complaining, right? Yeah. No, no. Maybe I might be six seven on skates, so that makes a difference, right? But yeah, off the ice, six four and a half, and six foot nine with the afro, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spike my hair up straight, see how tall I can get. <laughs> Wanted to ask you too, actually. Uh, I've also uh, learned that uh, you're a bit of a basketball player. Um, are you the only shark that can dunk a ball? Um, I don't know. I haven't uh, had a chance to play basketball with the guys yet, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I started being able to dunk, I think, kind of right after that growth spurt ended when mm -hmm. I was 17 or 18 there. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, we haven't had a chance to play basketball. We just play a lot of soccer, so. Well, yeah, I don't know if they'd be happy with you uh, playing basketball and, you know, dunking on Eric Carlson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that'd go over too smoothly. <laughs> but in in uh, past kind of teams or, league, or leagues you've been in, though, I, I assume, though, that you might be kind of the rare guy who can do something like that, though, whether it be with the Winter Hawks or the Coyotes or the Roadrunners, if you ever, if you ever play basketball with any of those guys. Uh, yeah, to dunk a basketball is pretty tough, but I'm sure I've – past uh one or two teammates along the way that can do it too right okay. there's some taller guys that play hockey but and we're all pretty athletic so yeah that helps uh what what's your basketball position uh when i played it was a long time ago but i was a point guard and oh, that's when okay. i was that was in the age when i might have been at that time maybe five four five three so <laughs> a little i couldn't dunk then that's for sure if i would have uh maybe i would chose a different career path yeah i mean you could have been a uh, steve yeah. nash you know use that growth sport uh you know point guard all that right yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, did you? Who's your uh, favorite? I don't know. Do you still watch basketball? Do you have a favorite team, favorite player? Uh, yeah, I've just kind of, kind of gone all over. But I, uh, just from my time in Portland, I like Damian Lillard a lot. Oh. When I was younger, it was definitely Kobe Bryant. I had a little Lakers outfit when I was younger, but yeah, definitely uh, kind of in Portland, just kind of adapted the Trailblazers. And something else I, I learned uh, that you're into when you were younger: uh, McFarland toys. And yeah, <laughs> uh, do you do you still have them? Uh, I I saw uh, you, you had an old Twitter post where you had like over a hundred of them. And did you know? Did you have a favorite figurine? Uh, my favorite one, kind of a funny story, but uh, I still have them. They are in my parents' garage, I believe, or their storage unit. I'm not sure, but not really uh, great to travel around with those. But yeah, <laughs> one day they might. Uh, be worth something if they aren't already but yeah i got a I'm pretty sure over 100 yeah uh, yeah but there was one that i had that was a bigger size one maybe four times the size of a regular one like a big box maybe two feet tall and me and my dad would like always wrestle for fun when i was younger right toughen me up a bit but uh we were wrestling and like as a joke I always keep them in the box, never opened one of them. Mm -hmm. As a joke, it was sitting on my floor and he bashed my head off the box. So it actually ruined the box. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, Those things have to be mint. He didn't understand. Yeah, they have yeah. to be in mint condition. No, no, he understood and he felt bad, <laughs> but it was just a funny little thing. He like kind of had me on the ground and just been like, now with my head is bashed off the box and broke the seal on the box. So uh, we ended up opening that one up, but it was a uh, Patrick Wall. Oh, and it nice. was uh, the Avalanche third jersey, the one that kind of says Avalanche diagonally, like the oh, Rangers. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that. And then it actually had, uh, it was pretty rare because it had a Montreal Canadiens water bottle on top of the net. Mm. So it had a few little things that made it a little unique. But yeah, no, that was a rare one. Was that, a, was that an error, having the Montreal water bottle? Would that make it more valuable? Yeah, it would. So sometimes uh... they'll do that where they kind of put little teasers in there. And if you can get your hands on one, they're more valuable. 
I think your dad owes you that. That sounds very valuable. <laughs> well, he probably bought it for me, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Touche. I don't know how much money I was making when I was seven. Dad, you're uh, ruining my retirement plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, do you do yeah. you still collect? I I see that McFarland they're not making uh, figurines anymore. There's a company called Imports Dragon. I guess that's taken over. I don't know if that's something you're still into. Uh, no, I haven't collected anymore. I know my little brother will get one once in a while, kind of keep it going. But he, uh, he, he, when he was younger, he would always open them. So uh, <laughs> my, my dad always told me kind of not to because, uh, I mean, that's how you keep them in shape and all that. Right. And then my brother, the second he got one, would just open it and play with it. So <laughs> we had little different strategies there. <laughs> but, you know, maybe in an older generation, uh, you know, it's, uh, when you're growing up and you're a hockey fan, it's about seeing yourself on a hockey card. You know, for you, was it, you know, how neat would it be for you to have your own, your own, you know, hockey figurine? Oh, yeah, that would be pretty cool, especially just being something I collected along the way growing up. Uh, like. Uh, just seeing those guys that were on those and yeah, to have one of those would be awesome. And I'm sure that, you know, you being in the Sharks organization now, we're going to find some way to make an amazing bobblehead out of you. So we're going to probably have a hill. Bobbleheads are not serious things, yeah. Nick, all right? <laughs> I, have a, I have a whole closet full of them, okay? Do not talk to me about that. <laughs> Matter of fact, yeah. I have Tomas Hurdle and Redeem Shimek staring at me right now. You just can't see them. <laughs> couple checks oh yeah they're both in the ninja turtles maybe i'll reach around and grab it to, or show it to you after the interview but uh they're pretty nice they're pretty cool i also got one from okay. stockton i think as well it actually has the mayor on them so I'm oh, a collector wow. of some sorts so yeah. wait they gave out bobbleheads of the mayor of stockton at like a stockton heat game or yeah so he's um not to like go off on a tangent too much yeah. here but he's got essentially every single Stockton minor league, uh, like affiliate on. So he's got like a ports Jersey and then like a heat hockey stick. Oh, okay. So, okay. So there's yeah. the hockey relationship. I just was wondering. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. I didn't, I didn't make that quite clear enough. The that's Stockton <laughs> that's my fault. Game, but... <laughs> Circling back to you, Aiden. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to get into a collectibles conversation there. Uh, when you were younger, you actually played during the brick invitational super novice tournament with Stanley cup winner, Braden Point. Do you remember much about Braden back then? Was he as much of a prolific uh, scorer then as he is now? Yeah, he was unbelievable. I played with Braden for a long time. Like I might have met him for the first time when I was seven. And we kind of played with each other on and off year to year, uh, until he until the WHL almost. So I remember Midget AAA, he made the major triple A team, so he was in a year older age group, but uh yeah, no, he's always been an unbelievable scorer. And, uh, yeah, he led our team to win in that tournament. What's your most embarrassing Braden Point pre-puberty story that you can share with us? <laughs> I don't know if there's anything really embarrassing on him. Oh, really? No, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, he likes to nap a lot, I can say that. He, uh remember, like, maybe his dad would be driving me and him to a game in Edmonton, Grant Point, and... Uh, the whole car ride, me and his dad would be talking and Braden would be in the back sleeping and then he'd wake up, go out and score three goals. So uh, that was pretty impressive. He could just kind of nap right until we got to the ring. Speaking of napping, uh, one of the things that I learned about you is that you don't take a pregame nap. I don't know if that's still the case, but that was the case a couple of years ago. So do you, are you still, you know, up all night, you know, not up all night, but, you know, up all day? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I try to. Be. I've experimented with napping yeah. a bit here and there. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's not for me. So uh, I just find in a way if I, like, start to nap and I kind of get groggy and mm -hmm. all that. So I just always try and make sure that I'm in bed at a good time the night before and get enough rest and I'll be ready to go the next night. How rare does that make you around the league? Because around the league, all you hear about is, you know, the pregame meal, the pregame nap. So are you are you the only shark? Are there other sharks that are, are non-nappers? I actually think Reimer and Sawchenko both also don't. So kind of weird, three goalies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Are you guys so vampires? I, I don't know, but yeah. So uh, I know Reimer will say he'll lay down, but I don't think he actually gets much sleep. And then, uh, yeah, I don't think Sawchenko does either. There might be – there's probably a couple other guys too. Okay. But uh, – yeah, it's definitely more rare to not nap than it is too. I mean, in Arizona, I think I was the only guy that didn't there. Mm, 
Okay. You would think Reimer, you know, Reimer's got a couple of kids that he would just say he was napping, just go into his room and, you know, <laughs> close the door and get on his phone, right? Yeah, it needs some quiet. Maybe he does do that. I don't want to share any secrets. But, uh, <laughs> leaking to his wife that he's not napping in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, Sachenko, actually, um, you know, you guys kind of grew up in the same circles, uh, you know, playing in a Calgary midget, but I'm not sure if you guys were in the same league, though. I was looking at that. It looked like you guys may have missed each other. Did you guys ever play each other in midgets or did you kind of know of him uh we knew of each other for sure we uh did i think there's a thing called summit academy that we skated on before schools in the morning when we both be out there but uh, i believe he's a 98 born so he's two uh age groups lower yeah so uh we never really played each other in games or anything okay. no okay okay just curious yeah, yeah I, I saw that this was kind of interesting that you guys kind of grew up in the same uh uh circles but um yeah okay so something else that uh i think is from your uh your your childhood um are you a star wars fan by any chance uh i've watched them all a few times but i wouldn't call myself a star wars nerd that's for sure did your friends call you general grievous <laughs> Yeah, my one friend did. Yeah, I was back in. Uh, I think that was grade nine or ten. You gotta give us the story behind that, at least. I I honestly didn't know. I think it was just because I was. Uh, it was when I was first kind of get tall and lanky. Ah, okay. Mm. So I think it was just kind of the shape that he was, and with me being tall and lanky before I kind of filled out a bit, right? So, because I don't know how my growth spurt kind of worked. You shoot up in size, but I didn't really get any heavier. And then I started to fill out over time. But, yeah, so I think it was just because I was kind of tall and lanky at that age. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Justin Cardinal, I, I heard an interview with him, and he described your growth spurt as, like, every day he saw you and you are just a little bit more uncomfortable and lanky than the day before. So <laughs> that yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually didn't feel like I ever really had uh, growing pains. But definitely when I grew, I lost a bit of flexibility, that's for sure. Yeah. How did you get that to get that back? It's just something you work on or just comes over time when you get used to kind of your, you know, your body kind of. Yeah, just something I worked on the whole way up. Uh, I had a stretching coach when I was younger, just making sure every chance you get kind of stretching out, doing whether it's day by day or whatever. So a lot of stretching goes into it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to say, General Grievous, that's a pretty, you know, interesting nickname. You know, it's, you know, I'm sure everybody calls you yeah. Hilda, right? But that's like, of course, anybody yeah. can make that up, right? So yeah. um, I guess speaking of nicknames, do you have any cool ones besides Hilda or, or General Grievous? Uh, the only ones I get called are Hilsey, Hiller, and then actually uh, Hillcat. Okay, well, that's a different, a different one. So why Hillcat? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had a coach in Tucson who came in uh, and just before the game, they were announcing the starting lineup and they usually kind of will say like who's starting a net, whatever. They usually give it to a player who then kind of set goes off with it. And for whatever reason, coach that day uh, decided to call me. He's like starting on D we got this guy, this guy starting a net. We got Hillcat. <laughs> and then everyone just kind of went silent. Like what? <laughs> so then it was kind of like, it was kind of a joke for a few days and then it kind of stuck on. So, uh, some guys still call me it today. Like Lane Peterson was on that team. So he still calls me at Nick Merkley. Oh, nice. So yeah, kind of funny. So yeah, it just kind of was a thing in Arizona where half the guys would call me Hiller and then there'd be the other half saying Hillcat. So I like that. It, like there was a silence because the coach broke the rule of adding an ER or SY to everybody's name there. So yeah, well, it was just kind of <laughs> random, right? Like I'd never heard the word Hillcat before and then he just came out with it. So yeah, it was kind of funny. Maybe we can find a way to get Dodge to sponsor you and just give you a Challenger Hellcat with your name oh, on it. Oh, that's nice. I like yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Add a little eye there, right? Yeah. 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 Hellcat instead of a Hellcat. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm I'll sure you'd be okay one. with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, going to your, like your, uh, your Portland Winterhawks days, right, in the dub, in uh, the year 14, 15, you actually went to the Western Conference final, had a, a pretty amazing series, but unfortunately losing to a, a stacked Kelowna team, it looked like, especially, yeah, I believe they had Leon Dreisaitl on the other side of the ice, kind of hard to compete against a player of that caliber. Um, but he all, you also went against your current teammate, Nick Merkley, who was also on that Kelowna team. Do you ever jab at him for, uh, you know, how, you know, ruining your chances at winning the, uh, the championship there in the dub? 
Uh, no, I try not to bring that series yeah. up. I just kind of let that <laughs> oh, no. slide under the rug. So, yeah, no, uh, I've known Nick actually about the same amount of time that I've known Point since you're like eight or so years old. So uh, he grew up in Calgary. We played on the same team a few times growing up too. So, yeah, no, Nick's a great guy and I've known him a long time. But, yeah, when it comes to that series, I just try to avoid it. Okay. I'm I sorry think, for I bringing think... that up then. I didn't mean oh, to rehash no, no. those memories. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I just think uh, – I think they lost in the Memorial Cup finals that year, actually, in overtime. So I think they were one goal away from winning it all. But, yeah, no, it was, it was a good series we had with them. But, uh, yeah, tough that we came out on the wrong end of it. Of course, of course. And, um, you know, skaters out of that Portland system, the forwards, the defensemen, they speak highly of how well that system sets them up for playing in the pros. Would you have that same sentiment for how they prepared for uh, you, you know, play in goal for the pros? Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I if I could go back, I wouldn't do it any other way. I mean, who knows what would happen if you go the NCAA route or whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, Portland was awesome for me. It was a great town. The team treats all its players really well. And, uh, yeah, it does prepare you how to be a pro. Good workouts and everything. And uh, the kind of the schedule, too, right? Because in WHL, mm-hmm. you play 72 games, which is comparable to the AHL and NHL. So, yeah, it definitely gets you ready for that grind. Gotcha. Any embarrassing Nick Merkley stories? <laughs> no, I don't got any off the top of nah. my head, no. <laughs> <laughs> got to get you some of that wine going, and then maybe we'll get yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, I wanted to skip ahead a little bit to actually the recent experience at the World Championships, and you were selected for the team uh, in part uh, by your hero, uh, Roberto Luongo. So did you get to meet him at the World Championships uh, at all? Uh, yeah, I did. So he wasn't there the first uh, few games, but then uh, he made it over. And yeah, it was awesome. It was cool meeting the guy that I looked up to my uh, whole childhood. So kind of it was kind of lucky for me. I grew up a Vancouver Canucks fan because I was born in uh, Comox. And by the time I moved to Calgary, my uncles had already brainwashed me to be a Canucks <laughs> fan. So uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, Got to meet him there. It was awesome. He was my favorite goalie when he was in Florida. And then he got traded to Vancouver. And I remember when my dad told me that, I couldn't believe it. I was like, my favorite goalie just got traded to my favorite team. Are you serious? Right? So it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, no, it was awesome meeting him. He was a great guy. And uh, I got uh, one of my sticks signed by the whole team. And I got him to sign it too, along with Shane Dome. So yeah, pretty cool. Was was that getting your stick signed? A whole trick was just to get his signature. You had everybody else sign it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, I've already had gotten his signature a couple times too when I was younger. So oh, nice. yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> an awesome stand-up guy. <laughs> uh, how was it uh, going to school uh, wearing your Canucks jersey, your Canucks Luongo jersey uh, in in Calgary? Uh, didn't take too kindly to it. So uh, <laughs> if you wore a uh, Canucks or Oilers jersey in Calgary, uh, you made enemies quick. <laughs> and i understand too that you went to the 2011 final too uh the canucks bruins stanley cup final uh yeah yeah me and my dad uh drove out to vancouver which is about 10 to 12 hours from calgary oh, wow. depending on traffic and that so yeah we actually drove out there and uh we went to game two so i think that game was the one where uh alexander burroughs scored in overtime on a wraparound so it might have been honestly seven seconds into overtime it was quick but yeah it was awesome the stadium went nuts i right, just want to check you weren't there for game seven there is no footage of no. rioting <laughs> yeah we can cut this out okay you can tell us all right <laughs> no i i believe during game seven i actually missed half the game because i had a practice and i i was oh. pretty upset about it but yeah i was i was back in calgary with my team uh, i see well it worked out for the best right so <laughs> yeah it's great yeah, alibi great alibi <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> <Got the right laughs> but you know yeah. aiden uh you know getting to know you over the last uh, couple of months you know we see it and you know i i know it when we're having a regular media session talking about the game you know one or uh, you win or lose or whatever you don't always see it but you you seem to have a dry wit and do you think that you have a a strong bone one account in your future like your you know like your guy luongo uh, I don't know. I've always been pretty quiet on social media. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll get there if I get a little more comfortable on that. It's just so public, right? So I, I tend to stick a little bit more private. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Maybe one day. 
Well, if if you were to have a oh no, I shouldn't ask you this. I was going to ask you if you were head of an undercover Twitter account, what would your name be? But then, what would the point of an undercover account <laughs> yeah, be? Come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would. I maybe would have gone with Hailcap, and now that's kind of out the window. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, look out for Strombone too. Yeah, Strombone too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And don't worry, with social media, it's always quality over quantity. And then once you retire, it's the restrictions are all off. You can do whatever you want at that point. So, I can yeah. see this in your, in your future, Aiden. Well, yeah, maybe we'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your mask and just the great artwork that's on it. Because we you did a, a little mini breakdown, but I wanted to kind of allow you to talk about it a little bit as well. For those who are listening to this that didn't watch the video, uh, you have a tribute that's on your mask. It's MM30. And I wanted you to kind of talk about that a little bit and just kind of what that means to you as well as, uh, ironically, you know, so close to this Kraken game that we just played, you have a shark eating a Kraken on the mask as well. So if you could just kind of talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so um, Michael Maniego was the guy's name, and uh, he was a goalie coach that I worked with kind of for a summer. And he was a great guy, great goalie coach. He was young, 20 years old. So he uh, was planning on going back uh, to Lethbridge to play his last year in the WHL. He played for the Cameron's Blazers before that. And then uh, he was going to go back, and him and his brother and a buddy were uh, – going to pick up some pizza kind of late at night and uh tragically he got uh hit by a drunk driver so kind of right into his door and uh yeah he uh died and yeah so he uh yeah i don't know he passed away went to his funeral and all that it was pretty sad so i've had a tribute to him on every mask that i've had done since and yeah that's kind of the backstory there that's awesome you know you know it's for a lot of people you you learn about uh, like the struggles that they've gone through and the different ways uh, that they find inspiration to continue through their life's work. I'm not going to get too deep into it, obviously, but it's just great to mm -hmm. be able to find things in your life that you can pull positivity from and use that to motivate you to continue to, to pursue that greatness. And I'm sure Michael uh, is watching down on you every time you make a beautiful save or or whatever it may be, or probably criticizing you, depending on, I don't know how your relationship was with him. He's like, oh, you got to get yeah. your angles better there, bud. So, yeah. 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 No, he was an awesome guy and uh, yeah, great family guy too. Uh, to talk, uh, speaking of your uh, little brother and, you know, his kind of design touch on your mask, um, is he uh, play, Is he still playing goal? I saw some video that, you know, he was playing goal for a while. I don't know if, uh, you know, he's doing something good. Um, like he's playing switch instead of playing goal or something like that, but <laughs> no, no, he's a, uh, he's a forward right now. So uh, okay. he, yeah, he's uh, playing in Calgary and yeah, no, I think he's actually doing pretty well. So uh, he's putting up some points and he's a first year Bantam. So put up some points. I think he's putting up some penalty minutes too. I, uh, it's his first year <laughs> hitting. And I know he was pretty excited about that. I got to see some of his tryouts and stuff and he was blowing a few kids up. So uh, just wait till he hits that growth spurt too. Cause he's a little yeah. short right now. <laughs> uh, has he ever uh, uh, beat you in, in net legitimately? Like you didn't let him score on you or, you know, you don't let him do that. You don't let him score on you. <laughs> uh yeah he actually did this summer so, oh he did uh, wow <laughs> yeah yeah no uh we skated uh had a little group with uh grant point actually so Braden point uh kale mccarr were on the ice and uh my little brother got to skate with us so cool little experience for him and i think grant gave my brother a one-time shot and uh he went short side crossbar in on me and i was like <laughs> what the hell just happened <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna hear about that forever so uh yeah no my 13 year old brother got one past me you're gonna nice. be old around the dinner table and he's just gonna say to like if you have kids in the future or if you're married or whatever it may be and he's gonna be like yeah. you know i scored on him when i was just a child <laughs> yeah yeah no he's, he's funny too he has a little mouth on him so we'll be walking around and he'll be like next to my coming on you i'm going five i'm going five i'm going five <laughs> and he'll even like chirp a bit like hillary i'm going five like at the dinner table or whatever so yeah he's a funny little guy uh, you know, so speaking of yeah, kind of uh, uh, that that kind of you know getting beat in practice and and whatnot, uh, which Sharks player uh, do you hate prax practicing the most against, just because of their shot or whatever? Uh it's got to be Burns. 
Yeah. When he uh, decides that he wants to score, he comes in just a little bit tighter than everyone else and rips it. So, uh, yeah, it's a little <laughs> hard to stop, but it's fun. You kind of laugh about it and have a good time with it. So, yeah. Yeah, he's got you uh, by by the ear before, you know, uh, woke you up a little bit there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think everyone on the team has caught me by the ear once or twice. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess that takes the place of the nap, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'll wake you up quick. <laughs> and one thing I, I did want to want to ask you, just a, kind of a big picturist thing. Uh, everything that I've read about you or seen of you, you're sort of considered this picture of calm in net, and makes me wonder what's the most mad you've ever been in net. Um, I've been mad a few times. Yeah. I mean, when I was uh, younger, I definitely punched a few guys here and there. And <laughs> okay. I, I, I've definitely freaked out at a ref or two growing up, but uh, I don't know. I find for the most part, I remain pretty calm unless it just kind of spills over once in a while, but it doesn't happen too often. I just try and, I mean, be that reliable, calm source of the team has confidence in you. Just play your game and keep everything simple. Okay. Well, that kind of leads to my last question then. Uh, uh, what do you want to add most to your resume, an NHL goal or an NHL fight? And it sounds like you've been in a, through a few fights already, so maybe you don't need that. Well, I haven't been in an NHL fight, that's for sure. But uh, I actually wouldn't mind doing both. Maybe you got a Gordie Howe one game. Is goal and assist <laughs> oh, <right>. yeah. <laughs> you had that game with two assists. That was your chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. No, I, I haven't had a clean look in the NHL at a goal and haven't really had a spark or a full line brawl where there's a potential fight yet. But maybe one day I'll get there. Yeah. Have you ever uh, practiced the, the, the fisticuffs, you know, with anybody in Tucson, you know, to give you some pointers or in Arizona? Uh, I've kind of scrapped a little with a couple guys for before for fun, but no, nothing ever too serious. I just kind of know, hold on, try and block out their arm and just throw the first punch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to use your reach advantage, even well, you're not quite six, six foot six, but you're six, four and a half reach right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got long arms. That should help. <laughs> He's got those general grievous arms. He's exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. But with the you know you're on a team with Adam Raska and Jeffrey Vl, I'm sure they can give you a few pointers for getting in people's faces and getting under their skin as well. So, well, based on yeah. last night, Adam Raska is going to make some people mad. So uh, you might need to uh, step up uh, for him uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah, I know he's a little wrecking ball out there. So yeah, we got him, and then even guys who are out right now like Gadjevich and Middleton have uh, been pretty good at fighting this year. So yeah, we actually have a pretty tough team. That's great to hear. So I think Aiden, that's um, I think that's the end of the the scripted questions that we have here for you. Um, okay. uh, again, just thank you again for coming on, taking the time to to talk with us, talk paintings, Star Wars, and everything in between. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Have a good one, Aiden. Yeah, you too. Big general grievous hillcat sized. Thank you to Aiden Hill jumping on the show with us and just talking everything now this was a this is the type of interviews that we want folks we want casual we want to get to know these guys and this is we do this for you and i hope you guys kind of realize that and understand that you know shang talks to these guys every day they see him as that business media man who's straight with the questions we're getting down. We're talking hockey, right? But when they come on this show, when they come on the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, we crack open the shell. We crack open a beer sometimes and or in, in Aiden's case, crack open the Cabernet and start painting. But honestly, this is why we do this. Great interviews like the one with Aiden as well as the one with Mario back. If you haven't heard our interview with Mario Ferraro, definitely go back and listen to that one. That's another beautiful human being an amazing person to talk to. Um, so yeah, huge thank you to Aiden uh, for just everything, showing up, being that guy. Big shout out to Liz for uh, some some questions in there. I didn't I didn't say that they were from her necessarily, but uh, she's a WHL maestro. She covers the Portland Winterhawks, which is where Aiden actually played. So uh, big shout out to Liz. Thank you again for helping me out with that research. And uh, that's going to pretty much do it for us today or for this week's episode. Make sure you guys, if you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a five-star if you love it. If you hate it, don't. 
give us a review let us know how you love it and uh of course make sure you all stay safe and stay hydrated <laughs>